Let's bow our heads for a little prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, bless us now as we turn our hearts towards you and towards giving of thanks. Help us. We need your help. We ask you to come and fill us up, we pray, with all you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I remember watching the Johnny Carson show many years ago. And he had a guest who was a country singer named Mel Tillis. Some of you might remember that Mel Tillis had a speech impediment. And he spoke with a stutter. As Johnny Carson was asking him questions, he tried to answer one of those questions and he began to stutter and stutter. And as he was struggling to get out the words, he suddenly answered the question in song. And as soon as he burst into song, he could say every word perfectly. They say music uses a different pathway to the brain than regular speech. And so it is that music sometimes make a deeper impression on us than regular speech. If you hear a sermon, you're much less likely to have an emotional response to it than if you hear a message in song like you just heard. I find another thing to be true about music. Personally, I can memorize the words of a song almost instantly if it's put to music. And because I have been singing hymns since I was five, or probably before that, uh, I have memorized hundreds of hymns. I remember when I was eight years old, uh, they used to publish little paperback books with Christmas carols, the the insurance company published them. It had about 20 Christmas carols in it. And that year I decided to memorize the whole little book, which I did. I thought it wasn't hard at all. If you can sing it, you can memorize it. Music has a way of staying in the brain. And anything I see reminds me of a song. Sunrise. I sing when morning gills the sky. My heart awaking cries when Jesus Christ be praised. I look at a tree and I sing, Why did they nail him to Calvary's tree? I watch a bird fly across the road and you sing the birdies in the treetops. Sing their songs. Driving down the road, you sing, I travel down a lonely road. No one seemed to care. And I see the church off in the distance. I think there's a church in the valley by the wild wood, no lovelier spot in the vale. I see the flower gardens, and I sing, I come to the garden alone. And that's just on my way to church on Sunday morning. <laughs> so it is, music is a gift from God to help us to remember Him and to think about Him and to praise Him and worship Him. In our Thanksgiving text, we will see the music has a great power to help when we need to express our feelings. In search of a Thanksgiving text, it becomes clear to me that the Bible is filled with Thanksgiving voices. You hear David's voice rising out of the Bible as he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless your holy name. And you hear Paul's voice coming out of the text as he says, In everything give thanks, 
For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Here, Nehemiah, one of the great Thanksgiving services of all times, as the singer gather on top of the newly completed walls of Jerusalem. And they raise their voices and they sing, Stand up and bless the Lord forever and ever. You hear the voices of Jehoshaphat's army as they go marching into battle, singing a song. Praise the Lord for His mercy endureth forever. There's many voices all through the Bible thanking God and praising God for His blessings. And among the many voices, another voice is lifted up. And I hear that voice, and it says, I will sacrifice to thee with a voice of thanksgiving. And I look around, and I say, where did that voice come from? Who was that? Whose voice is so full of thanksgiving? <clears throat> I look at the temple with its great musical people, as David called them, the chief musicians. Is that where it came from? No. no. I listen at the door of a cave where David takes his harp and sings out his heart. Is that where it comes from? No. I listen to Isaiah as he says, go tell it on the mountain. No. Is it Paul from his prison cell? No. So whose voice is it anyway that's so full of thanksgiving? Where did that come from? Now when the Apostle Paul gave instructions about giving thanks, he put two phrases together, two thoughts that come from the same mind. He said this, rejoice evermore, and he followed it with this, in everything give thanks. The conclusion we draw is you can't Give thanks if you're feeling so miserable. The two must go together. A joyful heart naturally leads to a thankful heart. So whoever it was that said, I will offer sacrifice to God with the voice of thanksgiving must have been a very happy fella. Let me ask you a question today. Are you feeling thankful today? Is the joy of your heart leading you to be thankful? Is that what you're feeling today? Or no, maybe not. <laughs> you are frustrated with the election. You're frightened by the COVID. And our illustrious governor said, no big Thanksgiving feast at your house. <laughs> All around you is uncertainty, and nowhere can you find security. And now Eric's up there telling us, it's time to be thankful and praise the Lord and to give the sacrifice of Thanksgiving. No, Eric, I'm not feeling it this year. I'll probably sit at home and eat TV dinners. Because I just kind of feel rather miserable. Okay. All right. Let's stop now and turn to that mysterious voice 
the one it's hard to identify. And let me read a couple verses from our Thanksgiving text. And this will tell you. Here's the first one. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. And then he says later on, But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that which I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Our thanksgiving text is Jonah chapter number 2. That's why you can't identify the voice. It came from a place so low and so deep that you've never been there before. That voice came from the bottom of the ocean. Or more exactly, the muffled sound of the voice is caused by its special location. It is a prayer from inside the belly of a whale. Now, we can tell Jonah's story rather quickly. God said to Jonah, go preached to that great city of Nineveh, and Jonah said, no. As a matter of fact, Jonah said, I will go in the opposite direction. So he goes down to the seaside, gets passes on a boat, headed for Tarshish. He is going the wrong way exactly. As the boat gets out on the sea, a sudden storm arises, and the boat is in serious trouble. The sailors toss the cargo overboard in an attempt to save the ship. To no avail, the storm is too violent. So one last effort to save the ship, they all say, Pray each other, pray to each other, pray to your God and beg for mercy. It is at that point they find Jonah sleeping in the bottom of the boat. They shake him, screaming, pray to your God, pray for deliverance, come on. How can you sleep? The captain of the ship says, somebody did something. So let's cast lots and see which one of us that God's so angry with. So they did. And Jonah drew the short straw. And now, Jonah understands you can't hide from God. So his guilty conscience finally does speak up. It's true, he says, it's my fault. I tried to run from God. And they say, why, Jonah? Why'd you do that? He says, the only way to solve this is throw me overboard. Now let me ask you a question. Think about this. If Jonah knew it was his fault, why didn't he jump overboard? Because swimmer or no swimmer, you jump in the middle of the ocean, you're probably going to drown. And Jonah doesn't want to die. He doesn't want to drown in the great ocean. So he says, you got to throw me overboard. I suppose he thinks they won't do it. And he is right. They say, no, we're going to try to row to shore instead. So they desperately struggle to reach land, pulling on the oars, trying to get the ship in. 
But the wind and the waves are about to overcome them. So finally, in one last-ditch effort to save themselves, they grab Jonah by his hands and his feet and throw him overboard. And within a couple of minutes, the sea is calm, the storm is over, and in fear they drop down on their knees and pray to Jonah's God and promise him to serve him. Plead for mercy. But now we turn our eyes to look under the waves, down below the ocean. Jonah is sinking. He's going down. He realizes his life is over. This is it. And suddenly a sensation It's a feeling you can't explain. You and I have no point of reference. We simply can't relate. Only one person in the whole history of the world could ever explain what it feels like to be swallowed by a whale and down the hatch, banging against his throat and sucked violently into the stomach, crashing into the side of the great fish's belly wall. And then a surprising realization, a pocket of air. He can breathe. (gasps) Gasping for breath. Here we go. Right at that point, Jonah chapter 2, verse 1. And Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fishy's belly. Now Jonah is about to, to describe for us what it feels like to drown in the ocean. Did Jonah think if they threw him overboard he would drown? Yes, he did. And yet, as they say, hope springs eternal in the human breast. As he's going down, as the air in his lungs is being used up, he prays. Let's see what he says as he's sinking beneath the waves. Verse 2. And said, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I, and thou heardest my voice. What he calls the belly of hell is the grave. That is, he's at the point of dying. He's about to enter his grave. Verse 3. For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the flood compassed me about, and all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again towards thy holy temple. The waves crashing over his head drive him down into the sea. And as he goes down, he says in his mind, God help me. Verse 5, the waters compassed me about even to the soul. The depth closed me around about and the weeds were wrapped around my head. The waves crashing over his head drive him down. And now he says, the waters have not only covered my body, the waters are now flooding in over my soul. That is, my being, my life is being covered, drowned in the depths of the sea. And as I went down, he said, seaweed got wrapped all around my head. That's what it's like to drown in the ocean. Verse 6. 
I went down to the bottom of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. I went down to the bottom. That was where my grave was. It was my burial in the bottom of the ocean. And suddenly as my consciousness was fading away, my head wrapped up in seaweed, my lungs began to fill with water. As they say, look out teeth, look out gums, down the hatch, here I come. (laughs) And suddenly, choking and coughing and spitting, he breathes again. This time it's foul air. It's a terrible smell, but I can breathe. Again, the end of verse 6. Yet thou hast brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. My prayer came in unto thee, into thy holy temple. I was just saying my last prayer. Just calling out in my mind, help me God. And the whale swallowed me whole. (laughs) And now... The first thing I need to do is repent. Verse 8. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. He said, I believed a lie. I acted out on something that was not true. I believed I could ignore God and do my own thing. That was a lie. And that was a useless thing to do. He calls it a lying vanity. So God, who wanted to be kind to me, let me try it my own way. So forsaking mercy, I did it my way. And so I was washed into the deep and seaweed wrapped around my head. That's my way. Drowning in the salt water. That was the consequence of doing my own thing. But now, verse 9, I will sacrifice unto thee with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that which I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Now, I'm going to give God praise. I'm going to thank God. And I'm going to use my voice. Even if it is inside the belly of a whale. So Jonah, how's life been treating you? How you doing? Are you feeling miserable? He said, well, I was, that's for sure. Boy, I was really miserable. I didn't want to do what God told me to do, so I was miserable about that. And I thought I was safe in the body of the boat, but no, they discovered me. I've been miserable about that. I kept quiet, but they found out my secret. Although I was terrified, I knew the only way to save those sailors was to have them throw me overboard. I hoped they wouldn't. But when they grabbed my hands and feet and swung me back and forth, tossed me overboard, I got to tell you, I'm feeling pretty bad. But now, I am filled with thanksgiving. I'm so happy. I'm so grateful. Why? My first reason for giving thanks, he says, is God heard my prayer. 
in the middle of a raging sea, under the waves, wrapped in seaweed. God heard my prayer. Thank you, thank you, thank you, God. You heard my prayer. Thank you for listening. Number two, I'm alive. I'm alive. Thank God I'm alive. Ever since God breathed into Adam and he became a living soul, life has been precious. God breathes into every human that's ever conceived down in the womb. God breathes life into them. And now I have being. My mother was a Connecticut Yankee. My father was a Viking. And from them I came along. God breathed into me life. And I am conscious. And I feel. And I think. And I have personality. All life that comes from God is a wonderful gift. And everything that exists in this world is here to sustain life. The sun's warmth comes to sustain our life. Plants grow to sustain our life. Water flows to sustain our living. The air moves all to sustain life. Every purpose in this world is to sustain life. And then Jesus came and John says, In Him was life and the life was the light of men. The light that comes into our life that teaches us. The life that guides us. The life that reassures us. The life that informs us. That light fills us up with joy and life and energy every day. And we come to know God, the light of men. We are alive. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, God. Salvation, he says, is of the Lord. And then he reaches down to us. Even when we sink to the bottom of the ocean, he reaches down. I was a boy about six years old. My father was cleaning some fish on a dock at a place called Ford's Pond. I was there following him around out on the dock. He said, now be careful, don't fall in. I got pretty close to the edge and down I went into the water. I couldn't swim. I sunk like a rock straight to the body. I was standing on the bottom of the pond. It's a very vivid memory. I opened my eyes. I could see sunlight shining in the water. I could see fish scales floating on around me as I just stood on the bottom of the pond. And suddenly I felt a hand grabbed me by the shoulder and up I went my father reached down and grabbed me pulled me off the bottom of the pond that was a good feeling so God reaches down to us however low we go and we feel his hand on our shoulder and he pulls us up and he saves us geez and he just wonderful huh he rescues us from death and sin's consequences. That's what Jonah was facing, sin's consequences. We avoid him, but he never forsakes us. We do the opposite of what he says, but he listens to our prayers anyway. I can't think of anything that makes me so happy as knowing God listens to our prayers. Amen, amen. Jonah's voice of thanksgiving comes 
from an unusual place, does it not? But it's a happy prayer. And I can't help but notice something about Jonah's prayer. Imagine that. It's familiar. I've heard this prayer before. As a matter of fact, this prayer is full of familiar phrases. In Psalm 18, verse 5 and 6, it says, The sorrows of hell compassed me about. In my distress I called on the Lord. He heard my voice out of his temple. That's what Jonah said. Psalm 42, 7, it says, All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. That's what Jonah says. Psalm 31, verse 22, I am cut off from before thy eyes. And that's what Jonah says. And Psalm 116 says, The sorrows of death compass me. That's what Jonah says. Do you know what these words are? They're songs. They're psalms in the Jewish hymn book. As Jonah is sinking below the waves, what comes to his mind? Songs. Psalms that he sang ever since he was a little boy. I'm cut off. Waves and billows come over me. I cried to God from the mouth of hell. He heard me from his temple. How wonderful it is when the songs you sing about God come back to you. As you sink beneath the waves, it's a song in your mind. And you come to be inside the belly of a whale. Those songs become your prayer. Boy, do those songs have a special meaning for you now, huh? Wow. Thank you, Jesus, for preparing us for life as we learn the words of a song. Today, are you feeling miserable? Are you too unhappy to have Thanksgiving? Listen to the words of a song. We just sang it. When upon life's billows, you are tempest-tossed. When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost. Count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you. What the Lord has done. May your thanksgiving be full of surprises. Thank God he listens to our prayers. Thank him he heard your prayer in the past. Thank God for your life. Thank God he made you a living being with a consciousness and awareness and thought and power. And thank God he reached down, grabbed you by the shoulder, and pulled you up. Thank God he responds to you. Thank God he knows your name. Why, God even himself said, our names are written on his hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're still miserable... You better think of this. It says, Jonah prayed to God from the belly of a whale. And it also says he was there three days and three nights. 
And all that happens inside of a belly is digestion. Jonah is being slowly digested in the belly of a whale. Probably his hair is all burned off. His skin is bleached. Oh, it's not pleasant. It's not hopeful. Do you feel trapped? Jonah did, but then we have verse 10. The Lord spake to the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. How did that big old whale get close enough to the shore to vomit Jonah on the dry land? Well, I think that poor old whale had a particularly bad case of indigestion. And Jonah was probably dispelled with considerable force as that old big whale puked up Jonah on the shore. God didn't let the fish throw up out in the middle of the ocean or Jonah would have just drowned all over again. Once is enough. Leave it to God. He knows how to get you out of your trouble. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. May God bless you. May you give thanks. May it be vocal. Use your voice. May it be joyful. And God will accept that as a sacrifice from you on this Thanksgiving Day. So happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. I will sacrifice to God, said Jonah, with a voice of thanksgiving. God's praise from a most unusual place, the belly of a whale. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for these words as they bring us into focus a little better. As we recognize your voice and we know it, we ask that you will bless us now. Help us to grab hold of these things and ever make them a part of our thinking. May we have grateful, joyful hearts for life and for help and for hearing God and for a rescue from our own folly. We thank you. Bless us, we pray, that we will have grateful hearts on this Thanksgiving. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You turn your hymn books, if you will, in closing. Hymn number 576, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Page 576, standing as we sing.
so grateful that you are faithful to us. It's amazing that you hear our words, though we turn our hearts away from you so often. You take us as we're sinking down below the depths of the sea and grab us by the shoulders and pull us out. Say you are my child. You bring us back to that place. And Lord, may our hearts be thankful at this time. Lord, though there are many circumstances around us that may be difficult, may we reach out and know that you are great and mighty God and that you are faithful to us in all ways. We thank you for that, for your forgiveness, your pardon for sin, and a peace that endureth. No matter what may come, we know that we may trust in you. You are always there for us, and so we thank you. We pray that our hearts would be thankful. And that we would have that sacrifice of thanksgiving in our hearts and our minds. We thank you for these things and we ask for protection for all of these people. We ask that you would watch over them and bring them back to this place. May our hearts and our minds be full of you throughout this coming week. And thankful for all things. For in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God. May our hearts be ready for these things. Protect us all in your name. Amen. Amen.